Right, so P3. Who have you gone for? The one, the only, Alex Albon. <laughs> I, I, I have to do it. I, I, I do quit. It. I quit. I quit. You're going to hate this me. Is, this is my prediction. Th- this Alex is it. Albon. Bias uh, at its finest. <laughs> I, I've turned off his mic. Let, let's Alex uh, Albon on the podium. We, we, we should finish this show at this point. <laughs> right, who have you got, P3? <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. How Let could me you guess, do that Oscar Piastri. <laughs> P- oh, no, no, he's P1 for me. Oh. P1. I love it. I love it. Respect you. <laughs> um, right. Hear the- me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Listen, you can't just laugh it off and then not hear me out. This is Muscle Campus Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Full Throttle Motorsport Podcast, the one-stop shop for all things motorsport. We'll cover news and events from Formula 1, 2, 3, MotoGP and beyond. Ooh, that's new. We'll also give our terrible predictions, totally unbiased opinions and scorching hot takes. Today, we're going to be filling you in on the latest in MotoGP. Then, we'll be discussing everyone's favourite and second favourite French drivers, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon. Finally, we'll round off the episode by giving you our predictions for a very early morning morning las vegas grand prix so oscar obsessed for silk are you going to be waking up at 6am for the race on saturday i will try my best logie bear lover boy lewis jenkins i will set my alarm don't you worry however it's been a very dull weekend without any formula one racing hasn't it yeah it's been a little bit a little bit sad but i've been at home over the weekend just yeah, chilling out a bit uh, not been at uni, having that bogging me down. Yeah, so. I just need to take a step away from uni and then come back fresh this yeah. week. Yeah, unfortunately, no race to take the edge off a little bit more. But I know, but we got this weekend to look forward to. Exactly, no, Las Vegas. So, well, you say that again, having to wake up that early. I don't know if it is something to look I forward know. to. I know, <laughs> but I'll try my best to get up for that race. But me too. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Sometimes the alarm doesn't have that much command over me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just tend to sort of switch it off. I have to set five alarms to properly wake up in the morning. I feel I that. I don't know about you, I but feel that. It's, uh, it's quite terrible, but... You're one of those people that sits there, snoozes each yes, alarm. Yes, that, that is exactly what I do. <laughs> I feel sorry for anyone that has to be with you. I know, I know. <laughs> I do apologise to my girlfriend, but anyway, it's all good. Okay, so I think we should get straight into MotoGP. Let's, let's, get, yes. let's get straight into it. Uh, this was a race that did actually happen last weekend. So while there was no Formula 1, there was racing on two wheels instead of four. So they had their 18th round in Sepang in Malaysia, which is where F1 used to race, their last race being in 2017. They broke off the contract, not F1, but Sepang, because they couldn't afford to keep up the costs. Which is quite a shame, because I think it's quite a popular track amongst the drivers. It was, definitely. But um, I remember Lewis Hamilton especially being quite upset that he there won't be racing anymore. And I, I think know. I think there's a big appetite in the drivers for them to go back. But if there's no money there, what I reason know, does everyone no, have to no go back? There's no point in know? going back. But, but as you said, it was a very popular race. And it's a shame. It's taken another another way well another race away from you know asia and we do need more races there yeah inject some money into uh these sorts of countries and exactly maybe That's like Kyle army would be nice to I see mean, come back as we were well meant to south, have, south, um, south africa we we're meant to have a uh, vietnam on the calendar in 2020 oh really but um they took that off because obviously covid and everything so we didn't end up racing there but um it, it's a shame because it would have been a different race for us to enjoy and they've never raced right. there before have no, they? they've never raced yeah, so they've just chalked it off the board now and 
we're not racing there unfortunately but Mm. but MotoGP did manage to get their race in Sepang which is nice to see that's nice Uh, so it was Enea Bastianini I'm probably butchering that but drives for Ducati Italian driver Uh, he was the one who ended up winning that race uh, with Alex Marquez for Grassini in second and the championship leader uh, and last year's champion Francesco Bagnaia again probably butchering that someone in there (laughs) someone listening can uh message me or something saying oh he said this wrong um but yeah he's also so both bastianini and bagnaia are ducati drivers both italian uh they had a little bit of a scuffle going into turn one on the opening lap uh but i think bastianini took the inside line and managed to cruise straight past them there was a nice little fight between the two championship contenders as well on lap three uh between bagnaia and martin uh that was that was actually really exciting to watch uh, get get! I, I only really saw the highlights and some other little mm. clips that I saw floating around. But um, yeah, they had some. Uh, they had a phenomenal fight on turn f- uh, on lap three. Excuse me. But no, you and showed me the you showed me the highlights yeah. earlier. It was up, absolutely unbelievable. They, yeah, they, they, l- they race so close together. It's mm. like, and if you're racing at that speed, if you fall off, then you're going to do some serious damage. Yeah, but uh, they have to wear you know padding and everything. Mm. And the way they go skidding across the ground to basically like slow their fall. It's like basically all friction. If they didn't have that friction there to slow them down. Uh, off their suits and the padding like you said um they would literally be like rolling and like they really hurt themselves yeah no, it could be horrible be, yeah. but but no they've got really good protection and it's just uh, it looks like really good racing hmm. yes uh, it is a quite it's relatively close championship as well uh so bastianini is only 15th it's his first win of the season uh, but bagnaia is leading by 14 points so there's not much in it and the points difference are about the same for F1, what you can expect, like 25 for first, for 18 sure. for second. So, I mean, it's basically like a second and third place, a second and fifth or sixth place, sorry, between between Bagnaia and Martin okay. in terms of the championship battle. So they've got two more rounds to go still. So it's it's still kind of all to play for. Yeah, definitely a lot in it. But yeah, so it could all it could all change. Maybe Martin will be a new new champion. Maybe Bagnaia will take his second consecutive one. Um, but we'll have to see how the rest of it plays out. The, the, the next one coming up is Qatar. They're going to Lasail. Um And obviously with F1 racing there before, they had all the new track layouts. So see maybe yeah. how MotoGP will take to the, the... Not the new track layout, but the new track surface. You know, it may be... I, I don't know how that actually works from a technical perspective. So okay. that's uh, maybe something to come back to when we next talk about MotoGP. But um, just from watching that, and it's the first time I've really, like sunk my teeth into it and it's genuinely exciting to watch it's really close racing really really uh, tense racing as well because they're literally on a knife edge going Mm. that they go super banged into the corners they must be like over 45 degrees surely yeah going like tilting as they turn into these deep low speed corners it's it's actually crazy how it looks really dangerous and it looked well it seems like such a great race to be a part of but yeah. you know that that's a call for every one of you formula one fans if you want to get into another category you know moto gp looks absolutely amazing again percent again to the last couple of races of the season like one thing about moto gp that i noticed was their lap times for the race were about two minutes so even though on two wheels they're still like more than 30 seconds slower than an f1 car going around the same track still really fast the, the lap records are one minute 30 for f1 so i imagine what their race pace is going to be about 20 seconds faster than MotoGP. wow and then they're going that low 20 seconds i mean in racing time is basically like four years 
but you still have to think how crazy those speeds are that they can get round what it must be at least four kilometers of track right especially how close they're racing as well yeah it's really dangerous much more dangerous than you know formula one and look at their Mm. safety regulations oh yeah so can't imagine what it's like being a driver for MotoGP. Absolutely. So, or or Wild I should say to watch. rider, but, but yeah. Yes, yeah. they are more riders and drivers, yeah, aren't they? Drivers, but. But. Overall, MotoGP, 100%. Give it a watch. Go check it out if you're looking for something new to watch. It's just something else to add to the long list of other motorsports that are worth exactly. checking so out. Got, you know? We've got Formula E, we've got World Endurance Championship, now we've got, you know, we may as well put some more in the spotlight this is a motorsport exactly. podcast after all it not is. just formula one uh, yeah, no but true. formula one is i see it like the gateway drug you know it's the yeah. gateway drug to the rest of the motorsport community i think next to me is going to be rally yeah for so sure. you see them like drifting like the right of the outskirts of the track kicking up dirt and stuff it's, it's wild insane. to watch so yeah uh, i'm looking forward to checking that out when uh, the, whenever looking, the next race comes around i need to have another look at the calendar actually uh, looking forward to uh indycar coming back next season so when is indycar actually starting then so it's going to start on the uh 10th of march so the streets of saint petersburg so that's when we're going to see indycar starting up for the 2024 season i take it this isn't russia right so, no 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 it's okay. uh, streets of well i don't know exactly where it is but it's not russia okay. no it's uh, definitely not in russia so okay. don't worry <laughs> it's very american indycar i'd be very surprised yeah, if they no, ended up racing sure. around the streets of st petersburg <laughs> not. yeah that's uh but yeah so 10th of march that's when it's going to start and uh, i might try and get into a little bit of nascar i've never properly gone into it but i might dabble in it a little bit about all the nascar i know is the cars to film yeah you know <laughs> i mean it's literally just them going in circles i mean don't they don't they have like actual tracks as well not just ovals they do have proper tracks yeah, yeah. so it's not just uh oval racing they do do dirt tracks as well which Ooh. is very strange but you know they do um they do have different layouts of the tracks so i swear quite... kimmy raikkonen dipped his toes in nascar he didn't did. he so did jensen button last ah. year so jensen dabbled, dabbled in it a little bit but yeah, Jensen Button's done all sorts. So he was what in DTM and yeah, I think uh, he's got a drive in the World Endurance Championship. Yeah. Or oh, there's rumours around. Yeah, I'm not sure. Rally uh, as well. For, yeah, he's done all sorts. He's actually gone around the whole block. Oh, I mean, drivers like Kimi Räikkönen and Jensen Button live and breathe motorsport. So well, they're we, going to try and do as many categories as they can i don't know you go to kimmy raikkonen's interviews you think he wouldn't give a toss about motorsport you know i know but uh, what, what he says in the interviews and what he does on the track are two different things two different things so to be fair you got to respect that the way he keeps his head outside of the sport and he's uh whenever he's not in the car but the moment he is it's like yeah he's straight back into it he's always permanently in the zone yeah so you got to respect that you you've got to respect his privacy and mm. not even though he has had some iconic interviews in the past. But, yes, he definitely um, has. And radio, radio oh, calls too. Hilarious. The amount of times he said he knows what he's doing. you think he'd know what he's doing, right? Especially I'd hate to be the race engineer of that, <laughs> yeah. of that man, honestly. Oh, yeah. The poor, uh, especially in like Lotus, right? In the yeah. Lotus days, they must have been the worst. Really bad. When he was doing so well and like Lotus could barely afford to pay him. I don't think they even could pay him back in those times. No, but I think... There was a thing where in his contract that said for every point that he got, he got a bonus. And he, I'm not sure how many points he got that season, but Lotus ended up having yeah. to pay him a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, I don't think they could afford it. It no. took a while for him to actually get the money. But yeah, yeah that's but wild. Tragic for them, but good for Kimmy. 
Definitely. That's money, it. money. Right, I say, let's switch gears. Yep. Let's have a look at our two favourite French drivers, because they are the only French drivers. Yes. Uh, so how about you run us through so uh, the, the head-to-head? Head-to-head between Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly this season. It's been a bit of a rough road for them this season, hasn't it? You've got uh, two very alike drivers um, competing in the same car. They've both got a uh, podium this season. And um, I think Pierre Gasly's just ahead of Esteban Ocon in the in the driver's standings. So the point split is uh, Gasly's 11th, Ocon's 12th. Gasly has 62 points, Ocon has 46. Yes. So the point split isn't that big. No, there's... It's just they haven't been very consistent this season. Both having podiums, so 15 points each, contributing a lot to their points haul. Yeah. And if you take those away, you know, Alpine haven't done very well this season. No. They're basically just sitting in a very lonely sixth. Yeah. And without those podiums, they could uh, be in the big old battle for seventh. Mm. And it's a good thing they're not, you know. They were very lucky with them podiums. Well, if Aston Martin didn't have a great start to the season they would have been very close to them i think yeah, yeah. They, they've had a very rocky rocky road mm. and uh i'm getting hungry now but <laughs> <laughs> but no um but with those uh with that podium in uh in zamvort for pierre gasly i mean it, the great job from both of them to get at least one podium oh yeah 100 percent. Uh, and then for you know espan ocon to do it in monaco um, I mean, how about you run us through what happened in Monaco? Let's, ha- let's have a little bit of a of a recap to refresh right. our listeners' memories. So, if we go back to Monaco, um, Ocon qualified in fourth position. So, he did an absolutely incredible job in qualifying. But just ahead of him was uh, Charles Leclerc. So, Charles Leclerc qualified third. And um, Leclerc got a three-place grid penalty. Uh, for the start of the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, he was impeding Lando Norris. Yeah, so he that promoted Espan Ocon to third place. And as we all know, it's very difficult to pass in Monaco. So Espan Ocon managed to maintain his spot in third position and got onto the podium. Alpine's so, pit crew as well did, did bits gotta, there. Got to give them credit, but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's the only way you can really overtake in yeah. the pits. Or... It was quite a tumultuous race as well, considering all the rain that happened there too. Mm. So they, were, all in all, they were very lucky to hold on to that podium. And at the end, it was like Esty Bestie on the podium. I was oh, like, no. you know, I'm I, I'm not the biggest Ocon fan. I'll go out there and say it. But it's nice to see, you know, how happy he was. It was uh, for sure. It was, you know, quite quite the event for Esteban. Exactly, but he has got a race win under his belt as well. Yes, in uh, Hungary, he um, yeah he um, got a race win there, and um, I think Pierre Gasly also got a race win that was in Monza. Alpha Tauri of all teams. Alpha Tauri, ridiculously, uh, ridiculously good drive, but uh, so yeah, they definitely do have like the drive to go for that P1, but. Again, they can be lucky on the on the best of days. Yeah, and that's how they got them uh, them fifteen points. Yeah, they are one of them teams where I don't think maybe Williams potentially, but I don't think Haas, Alfa Romeo, or maybe Alfa Tauri now, but Alfa Tauri in the first half of the season, they never had the potential to really capitalise on when there was a wet race or like they could get points. Albon P seven and 
and in Zanvoort is a great example. But they never really have the opportunity or the pace or anything to really capitalize on the moments where there are it's a wet race or there's a safety car. But Alpine are in the perfect position to do so. Like if they get the strategy right, they can score big points and even get podiums. And that's yeah, exactly sure. what we saw in well, not quite in Monaco because it was more just an impeding penalty. I, yeah. I guess just a, I guess luck really. Yeah, but. yeah. They when when they're in the right place at the right time, they can really get something out of the car. But and that's otherwise. exactly what leads to uh to Pierre Gasly's podium position. Yes. So he started uh, in P12. So he uh, started P12. In Zanvoort, right? In Zanvoort, yeah. Yes. Sorry, I didn't, didn't clarify on that. But, uh, and then he finished in third place. So, yeah, he, he was very lucky at the start. Well, not lucky. It was great strategy. The rain started on lap one. He came in on the start of lap two, along with Sergio Perez, Leclerc, Guanijo, Sonoda, Lawson, and Magnussen. So they were on the preferred strategy. And he just kept on fighting from there, fighting through the field. And uh, on lap 62, overtook Carlos Sainz and was lucky with a Sergio Perez penalty at the end. So he was promoted to P3. That Perez uh, penalty, it was uh, spinning in the pit lane. Yeah. Five so seconds. And he managed to keep that gap. So. Yeah. And he's yeah, managed to get that another podium for Alpine this season. Mm. So they, they've been lucky and they've had good strategy. So I think it evens out a little bit. Yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, you got to give it to them. Uh, those two, those two drivers. Yeah, it's not always been sunshine and roses though for them. I mean, let's look. Let's look at Albert Park. Yeah, that was Dreadful. a shocker. Number rule number one: do not crash into your into your teammate, and that's exactly what they did in uh, in Melbourne. And uh, I, I, I've got to commend them though. They didn't let it necessarily ruin the rest of their season. They've kept it professional. But we can also look back to Suzuka because that was another example of how tensions have been a bit high in the yeah. in the Alpine garage. If you remember, um, so Pierre Gasly uh, overtook Ocon. Well, it was team orders. And Pierre Gasly was meant to go on, you know, push the other drivers, see if he can go for an overtake. Didn't manage it. So just before the finish, uh, Esteban Ocon was told to overtake Pierre Gasly and uh, finish in front of him, which, as you can imagine, is yeah. a very tough situation to be in. Yeah, you saw him in the car, and he's, like, just banging on the steering punching, wheel. Punching like, his steering wheel. I mean, it wasn't Swearing a good, down the radio. Yeah, but you can imagine the, um, you know, the emotions that you yeah. must go through in that situation. Quite frustrating. But, uh, as you, like, w they were rivals before, and even friends going into uh, into karting early in their career. Yeah. Um, but oh, how the uh, you know situation has yeah. changed. They are probably the closest matched driver pairing on the grid. Mm. Like by f honestly, by far, I don't think there's anyone that is as close. Maybe Piastri in the next couple seasons, but yeah. other than that, I don't see any other team like having that closer driver pairing. And that can be it can be great on one hand because you can know what to expect from both drivers it's not you're not really yeah. going to have that many doubts about where the, how they're going to perform or where they're going to be but then you also run the risk of they could collide like they did in, uh, in Australia mm. or they could have disagreements could have fallen outs could turn into like a Hamil Hamilton Rosberg situation but it's, I mean it's a great promotion for you know yes. French, uh, like a French team based in so, instant exactly so 
Yeah, French team with a French uh, uh, engine supplier and two French drivers. Based in Enston. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's great for them, but if you've got two drivers that, you know, might crash into each other, that's going to pose a massive problem. Yeah, yeah. But they've kept it professional, and I think they, they have done um, a very average job this season. And I think there's definitely room for improvement next, next year. But... Uh, yeah, we just go away and see. It's just strange that predictions were that Ocon would absolutely wipe the well, not wipe the floor with Gasly, but would beat Gasly by a good margin because obviously Gasly's first year. But the fact that it is his first year in Alpine and he's taken to it so well, I think that in the future, if Gasly's progression moves up with the team and he manages to get more out of this car, Ocon's mostly safe spot at Renault, Alpine, whatever will be put under question because if they have one solid driver that's way more popular I mean to to kind of divert a little bit Gazi has 4.6 million followers on Instagram (laughs) Ocon has 2.2 million Mm. Um, because Gazi is so much more popular there's so much more commercial value from him than Ocon surely if Gazi continues to not dominate but beat Ocon maybe they'll consider dropping Ocon and promoting Duan or Victor Martins or I someone think, else from their academy. I think it might be a bit bring Piastri more back. challenging when you you know you've got the oh no goodness <laughs> don't take him don't take him from me but uh, you got you know two French drivers as I said before it's a great it's great for the French sport yeah but you know um, you've got drivers like Jack Duan coming up through the academy I mean he might get a shot at a lower team and if he proves himself he'll be promoted but I don't particularly think they'll end up dropping Ocon. You don't think? I don't think. I think they're two um, two alike drivers, and um, I don't. I mean, they, Ocon's won with them, so and he beat uh, Fernando Alonso last year in the drivers' championship. So I'm I'm not sure if they would necessarily drop him for another you know two seasons unless he has a really really bad season. But again, we just need to you know see next season. They're both still contracted for Alpine. Going back to the follower count and the popularity, I wonder if the popularity of Gasly has something to do with the liked by Pierre Gasly meme. I mean, it is iconic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he had such a good relationship with the Alpine... No, no, not the Alpine team. With the Alpha Tauri team. And yes. with Yuki Tsunoda, and he was, you know, boosting his career at that yeah. that team. He had that little off-season off at uh, Red Bull or half a season yeah. at Red Bull. It's just demoted uh, pretty much as soon as he got promoted, yeah, which is very demeaning and like it can really dampen a driver's confidence, but, but he's come back so much him. stronger. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he came back and won a race in Monza for Alpha Tari, so it did yeah. not dampen his confidence at all. Yeah. But uh, it definitely did dampen the confidence for Alex Albon, didn't it? It did a bit, yeah. yeah oh, because he, he, um, he took over his... Um, his seat at uh, Red Bull and then he lasted you know one and a half season and, and then was replaced by Sergio Perez yeah um, but in fact no I'll, I'll double back on that because he, he's had he's had a really good season with Williams yeah I, I think his first well his first year at Williams was okay but his but now they're slowly getting yeah. back to where they should be yeah. so seventh place just behind Alpine you know, not just behind Alpine. Well, no, There's like seventy-five points between them. But still, you know, it's um, they're getting better as the seasons progress. And yeah, 
Uh, we'll have to see if they perform in uh, in Las Vegas. They're improving. Yes. And you never know where they're going to be next season. But uh, with uh, Alpine's project... Uh, Tradec- oh, my God. Trajectory. I'll correct uh, that for you. Goodness me, I'm having a having a slip. You know, he's like, anyway. Um, yeah, we, we never know. We, we can't really predict where they're going to be next season. But, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say that Williams are improving. Yes, but I would really love to see Williams get past Alpine. See Albon wave bye-bye to Gasly. Yeah. Um, I don't know how possible that is. Uh, oh, one, two. It's, it's a one, big, two for Williams. It's a big jump that they'll need to take. It's it's feasible, mm. but we'll see. And it might be. Idea. I think it'll be a few more seasons yet. The last thing I actually wanted to discuss with Ocon and Gasly is Ocon may be the tallest driver on the grid at I believe six foot two, mm. but Gasly's the sexiest. Oh, I don't know. I think that's uh, that's a topic for another another week. But yeah, I, I see you giggling over there. <laughs> Lex. I, I I think what I should do is uh, go through the entire grid and rate them for you. <laughs> Do a top ten. That yeah. is a great. That's yeah. a great idea. I think we need to throw I'll, that back I'll to you for an episode at some point. Yes, definitely. That's for, on the calendar for the finale. I think content for sure. Let's go. <laughs> content. We're going to need all the ideas we can get in the season break. I tell you that much. Going to be brainstorming. So before we move on to our predictions for the Las Vegas Grand Prix, here's a few messages from our sponsors. <laughs> You are listening to LCR, your soundtrack to Loughborough. If you're wondering who we are, we're your latest hits and your daily mix. We're your party starter and your study partner. But most importantly, we're your campus radio station. Broadcasting 24 hours a day, every day. If you want to get involved or if you've got an idea for a new show, be sure to join our Facebook group. And just search for LSU Media Volunteers. And join in the conversation on Twitter. We're at LCR Live. Loughborough Campus Radio. Listen to LCR. Loughborough Campus Radio. So, before we discuss our lucky Las Vegas predictions, why don't we run through a bit of track info? Yes, so this is going to be the first race that we have in Las Vegas. So, obviously, track built in 2023. There's going to be 50 laps. Uh, Each lap is going to be 6.2 kilometers, and the full race will be 310 kilometers. So, the track is 17 uh, corners, and the back straight will be across the famous Las Vegas Strip. So, yeah, we've got all this to look forward to for this weekend. And it's going to uh, be quite exciting, I think. The amount of hype that they're trying to build up around the race, I don't know how much of it is genuine. I don't know how much of it is like going to be just our oh, random celebrities just turning up for the clout. Uh, it will been literally paid, purely like be that. that, I think. You, know, you, you reckon it will I be pure? There's going to be so many celebrities that are going to yeah. go to that 
go to that race. I mean, they've tried so hard to prevent people from actually looking into the into the track. So residents who live in Las Vegas trying to like go about their daily lives, everything's blacked out. So the bridges that look over to the um, to the track is completely blacked out, and uh, I think it's really unfair for you know the the residents who are paying. Uh, to be there to live there mm. you know and they're not able to even look at the track yeah for so, me that is stingy that is really, really stingy. unfair so it's just um them rinsing as much money as they possibly can and uh i don't agree with it and i think that th- there's going to be loads of celebrities that go for the clout and who are not really particularly interested in formula one mgk looking at ye. Yes. Well, you know, what what he did to Martin Brundle a couple of weeks in ago. Brazil, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit embarrassing on his part. I think very, Martin, very embarrassing. Martin Brundle handled, well, handled it so well and so professionally. Yeah. And uh, he's done this for how many years now? He, he's just... Yeah, it's, it's still awkward every time, but you yeah. got to love it. It's, it's just that classic British awkwardness, that it's Brundle. such a and, great personality. Yeah. I love it. Brundle, Kravitz... They both pick that. They, they do it. They do it to a tail. T. Yeah. Uh, David Croft. I think You're not a massive so, fan of David Croft, but you know. No, I, I I like him, but I just think he makes a bit too like a few too many mistakes. I think it's it's a, bit, it's a very difficult job. You yeah. Know, um, but look at Alex Jacks for the official one. Like he very rarely makes mistakes. He's so passionate about yeah. you know you, you can tell, but you know these are you know look at look at the legacy Murray Walker you know yeah. one of the most iconic commentators of any it's sport it's hard to live up to that you know it's incredibly diff- uh, difficult to you know mm. to follow on from that but back to Las Vegas the hotels initially and the ticket prices they were charging extortionate amounts like up to six grand or something for like standard seats recently the prices have been plummeting because they've not been selling so not only is it bad for them commercially it's also bad for the people that already forked out all this money when they could have got it for a fraction of the price like like if they got it last minute well i think the popularity of formula one in um in america is very much declining you know with this uh mm. verstappen dominance yeah it, it was, was stagnating and now it's kind of it is heading a bit on the it was starting to get there um with drive to survive you know the popularity that it got and then now it's slowly starting to to decline but uh, I don't think we necessarily saw that in Austin. So I think the the fans are still very passionate about the sport. Yeah. But um, no, we'll have to look at Las Vegas and you know see how many people actually turn up. It's yeah, May- maybe it was just a little bit too much, too late. You know, like they they spent all this money. I think it was up to a billion dollars or something. It was crazy how much they spent for Las Vegas, and it just it feels like. It was too late by a couple of years. Yeah. But I think um, drivers like Lewis Hamilton said in the past that they really want, you know, a race in, in Las Vegas. Daniel Ricciardo is the biggest advocate. He was lobbying whilst he was in F1, literally yeah. lobbying for there to be a race. They really in... wanted it to go go ahead. And mm. it just seems like it's heading for disappointment. Should yeah. I, I want to remain optimistic. It's an F1 race at the end of the day. Exactly. There's but... going to be like less less places for for them to race but. i i will jump in and say uh shall we go on a uh podcast trip let's go a podcast trip <laughs> yeah what to las vegas yeah 
prices are getting cheap. Let's go. Let's go. I don't think they're going to get that cheap for my student budget, mate. <laughs> we could gamble our student budget. <laughs> you know, gamble the student load away. <laughs> Come on. Nine grand. Let's go. Straight on blackjack. <laughs> stick it on there. Stick it on black. Get the most expensive tickets, you know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, what a great investment of our student loan, eh? Exactly. Great. Oh, anyway. Cheers for that, Ryan. Love to go. Love to go. Uh, sorry, it seems like you lot can't uh, continue a script afterwards. Right. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> keep the show moving. Let's keep going. I think we can move on to the to the predictions now. Yes, Dax I think is, we should. That's trying to tell me to hurry up. So <laughs> let's begin with our qualifying pole position. Who you got? I've got shocking Max Verstappen. Wow. Mm, boring, I know, but... You think the Red Bull are going to be okay in the cold conditions? Because that's one of that's one of the main things with this track is it's going to be four degrees, the coldest race ever. Yeah, but I think it's going to affect every single other car. And, you know, as we've mm. seen all season, Max Verstappen hasn't put a foot wrong, really, has yeah. he? So I reckon he's going to, you know, fly by this. Well, that's interesting you say that because I've kind of taken the opposite approach. I think that these conditions are treacherous for teams that have good tyre deg. And it's going to really benefit those that don't have good tyre deg and uh, struggle to get heat out of their tyres. They're going to get the heat more easily and probably maintain it a little bit better. So for my qualifying poll, I've gone for Charles Leclerc. Really? Wow. I think I think this is his time. Have you seen their livery as well for this weekend? It's gorgeous. Oh, I love it. It's really nice. Yeah. Just the white on the on the rear wing. They managed to get shelter actually change their logo like that's that's a big achievement like if you look at their past liveries the shell logo has literally got and when they had like a black strip across their 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 torso across their chest on the race suit they had a red square with the uh, red and yellow shell logo right so shell wouldn't let them drop the red square okay which is quite strange but the fact they let the shell logo be just red and white is Actually, an Very achievement strange. in of itself. Yeah. Probably the best strategy they've done this season. <laughs> Get Shell on their side. <laughs> Big oil companies. Exactly. Anyway. Right. Uh, so, yeah, for me, Shell Leclerc, um, because Ferrari don't really have the best tyre deck, I think they might actually have really good pace. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't know. It's a bit of a long shot, but I feel like for this race, anything could happen. It's going to be so unpredictable. Like, I just have a bad feeling that it's just going to be like every other race this season. No, Max I, Verstappen cope, wins um, it again. I'm huffing insane amounts of copium for this race. I'm telling you, you wait till you hear my top five. You're going to be blown away. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I think let's crack on with Should P5. Should we go? Yeah, P5. Who have you gone for? I'm interested. Lando Norris. Oh... Only P5. Only P5, okay. yeah. I, I know. I, you're going to hate who I put ahead. Oh, don't. Really hate. Don't. Um, if there's a Williams on the podium, <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. Uh, <laughs> so I've gone for P5, Fernando Alonso. Okay. I think he's going to carry on, you know, the momentum from last uh, last week. Well, not last weekend. The weekend before. Yeah, and uh, I think he's going to do, you know, carry on that momentum and get another, you know, Good point, Hall. Yes, I, I'd like to see that as well. It's not in my top five, but I could see it happening. Yeah. Um, and maybe Lando Norris moving up, maybe down. I don't know. Yeah, but we'll see about we'll see about McLaren. I think they're going to be quite interesting to watch this this uh, this coming weekend. So P four, who have you got? 
I've gone for Sergio Perez. Perez, Perez. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I don't think he's gonna, you know, get that podium position, but um, but yeah, he has struggled in the past, but I think he's he, he's gaining confidence towards the last couple yeah, of races to do of the to do his job as the, that dependable number two. We all know that he can be exactly, and I, I really, as I said before, I do want to see him in that seat next season. So yeah, hundred percent. For me, I've gone for Carlos Sainz. Oh yeah, so Ferrari managing to get some a, a good a good points haul. Okay, right. I so, like it. Yeah, I mean it could be interchangeable between Norris and Signs for me, but so you reckon it's going to be a close race between between these two teams? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for That's Ferrari right. and for McLaren. I know for you, you're only going to be rooting for McLaren, but for me, it's yeah. like incredibly I, biased. Right. So P three. Who have you gone for? The one, the only, Alex Albon. <laughs> I, I, I have to do it. I, I, I do quit. It. I quit. I quit. You're going to hate this me. Is, this is my prediction. Th- this Alex is it. Uh, Bias at its finest. <laughs> I, I've turned off his mic. Let, let's Alex uh, Albon on the podium. We, we, we should finish this show at this point. <laughs> right, who have you got, P3? <laughs> That's horrible. How Let me guess, you do that Oscar Piastri. <laughs> P- oh, no, no, he's P1 for me. Oh. P1. I love it. I love it. Respect you. <laughs> um, right. Hear the- me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Listen, you can't just laugh it off and then not hear me out. Williams, straight line speed, check. Tyre deg is going to be working pretty well for the conditions. And a ton of bias. <laughs> I think we might need to bleep it. <laughs> okay, then, then shall I make it a bit, bit harder for you? You want me to drop the F-bomb? Oh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You, you do that. And uh, it'll be the last time your mic goes live. <laughs> uh, so, no, let's keep it clean. Let's keep it clean. Apologies. But that I need to put into the scale of how much I want to see that. Yeah. It probably won't happen. But again, it's a prediction at the end of the day. And yeah, for sure. if, if Album manages to, like, even if he gets, like, P6 or P, P7, P8, I'm going to be, like, jumping for joy, you know. I, I think it's definitely possible for points. But Podium, if... Everything goes perfect. It's it, it could be on the cards. I am a massive fan of the optimism, so I've got to give you that. But thank you very much. In P three, I've gone for Lewis Hamilton. Whoa! Yeah, I think Whoa. you know it's um he had a really bad race at uh in Brazil, and I think you know. But were you not listening to Toto? He said the car was undrivable. That was only for Brazil, really, wasn't it? You know that they were on a really know. bad setup. So you know, I think. They're going to do much better this weekend, I think. Mm. They're going to come back. I mean, you know, Lewis Hamilton's in P3 in the championship for a reason. Mm. I think he, he he pushes for those podium positions all season. and I think he'll deserve it, and I think he'll get it. And I'm very interested to see who you've got in P2 now. Uh, I've actually just put Max Verstappen in P2, uh, not yeah. P1. Okay, no, fair enough. I've got uh, Lando Norris in P2. So, okay. little okay. sprinkle of bias as well. But, yeah, you know. and nah, it's, it's possible. It's possible. McLaren's form has been, you know, yeah, they've, been doing, they've been, been doing good. Yeah, we're climbing up the table now, so. Yeah. But no, again, we've done a really, you know, solid job from where we started at the 
at the beginning of the season and um, just trying to hold off Aston Martin at this point. Yeah, yeah. So could um, happen, but could do. But you know, maybe everyone gets strolled. That could potentially happen for sure. But if Fernando Alonso continues his form like uh, in Brazil, anything could happen. Could really, snatch that fourth position. Midfield is actually looking crazy at the minute. It is genuinely. It's all to play for. So. I mean, I don't personally. I don't think Mercedes are going to be anywhere near that. I think your P3 for this Hamilton is. I don't know. I, I'm very skeptical. No, mostly okay. because I want to see Williams there, but also no, for because sure. I mean, replace uh, you know, uh, seven-time world champion it took a lot for me not to say you know, eight-time world champion, <laughs> but seven-time world champion. You know, you know swap him with Alex Albon. That's fine. But, uh, but anyway. okay, I think I think we can get our winner predictions now. Who's your winner? Max Verstappen. I'll tell you why he's going to get P2. Because Charles is finally going to convert a pole into first place. Impossible. Impossible? Impossible. You think his bad luck Can't is... Can't do it. Can't do it. I don't know. I, I want to see him convert it, to be honest. I, I just want to throw long. my two pence in. And I think Lewis is dreaming. Like His top five is very questionable. His predictions, mate. I don't know what you're predicting, but it's certainly not next week's race. <laughs> I I really do think that Lewis Hamilton is gonna, you know, do well next next week. Well, this weekend. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. This is this is predictions. Exactly. They can go anywhere as we've seen with Alex Albon on the podium. <laughs> but I'll tell you why Charles is gonna is gonna get there. Because even if Ferrari mess up, everyone else is gonna mess up more. So it's going to cancel itself out and he'll sure. stay there. I think this it's, is going to be a very... It's going to be wacky. It's going to be wild. Challenging race for every single It's team. going to be really hard. And Ferrari might have it in them to not mess it up so much that they can actually hold on to a bit of their former glory and hopefully, finally, get a second win this season. I, I do hope so. I, I, I wish that someone else, you know, wins a race this you season. You hope so, as a McLaren fan. That yeah. sounds... I don't know. It sounds... I don't know. Do you want to retract that statement? Do you not wish that it was Lando Norris on? I I'd rather see anybody on the top step than Max Verstappen, even if it's you know Charles Leclerc. I, I don't. Your mortal enemy as a McLaren fan. Yes. yes. Okay. I, 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 honestly, <laughs> I would I would rather you know. Okay. Okay. Someone else, but obviously I'll be rooting for um, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. But uh, yeah. Next prediction: biggest surprise, positive surprise. Positive surprise. I'm going for Logan Sargent. Yeah. Good points. So yeah, I reckon really good points. Uh, potentially P9, maybe even P8. You never know. But uh, I could always back good points for Williams. Yeah. Always. That was mine as well. Big points for Williams. Whether Albon gets P3, whether he gets P8, literally anywhere between there, I'm going to be so happy because they need that P7. Well, James Fowles actually came out and said he doesn't mind losing P7 this season because they've already made the steps necessary for 2024. And they still can make those steps, regardless of the whatever they get out of it. So if they get good points, then great. If not, it's not really the end of the world. But it's what I want to see the most because they do have the... I think they do have the car for this weekend. And they do have, sure. the, they, they have the ability to capitalise to a degree. But so do Alpine. And so do Haas as well. Okay. But to me, Haas is A-A-A-S, not H-A-A-S. So do you think that, you know, it's going to be very close within, like, the 
teams lower down the field yeah. oh, and yeah. the midfield. It's going to potentially be... jumbling up the uh, the top of the top of the. In terms teams. of qualifying deltas and and gaps and stuff, it's going to be super close. I okay. think super super close. Oh, uh, You're hyping of, me up for this weekend now. <laughs> in terms of overtakes, maybe DRS zones. I don't really imagine that many corners that have good opportunities for overtaking. Maybe turn one. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the turn. I mean, just after the straight. It's the a Las relatively short sprint to the first corner at the start yeah. of the Grand Prix. I mean, the back straight is just uh, massive. So yeah. I think those those are really, you know, key mm. points for overtaking. And um, th- there's not a DRS zone on the on the home straight. So I don't know if we're going to see too many too many down yeah. there but um i'm glad we're in agreement about williams so getting good points so hopefully they can come up top on the rest of like the upper lower midfield if that's a category i could really talk about well, we can make a category <laughs> yeah the you know has alpine williams i think they'll come out on top For but sure. maybe again that's probably just it might just be copium on my part biggest flop so this is a negative surprise who do you think is gonna gonna do poorly lance stroll you think Stroll's going to stroll himself out the race? Yep. Had a good race in uh, Sao Paulo. And I Back to square one. Yeah, I think for him, definitely at uh, square, square one. It's a new uh, track that no one's been on. And I don't think he has that great of a record on tracks that he's new to. No. So, and um, even ones that he's n- not new to, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, been in it at Spa, but been gotta, in it at Singapore, you know. You've got to give it to him. He's very familiar with uh, Sao Paulo track and he finished in fifth position yeah so he's done done a great job there but i'm not sure about las vegas i've I've got to be it's not the most technical track no but but i don't know i can i can see where you're coming from i don't think he'll bin it or anything but we'll see but yeah it's a very very fast track and i don't think he's gonna you know Hmm. catch up to the to the top markers my biggest flop is the Mercedes W14 is straight in the bin. Really? It's like not actually oh, out of so the Oh, so this is where all the lowest slanders come but from. But I just, I don't think they're going to be anywhere. The no. car, they they struggle with the setup in Brazil, a track they have a really good track record at. If they couldn't get the setup right for a track they know inside and out, how do we know they can get the setup right for a track they've never been to? But I think that's the problem with the sprint race weekend. You know, you, you haven't got much time mm, to set up. Maybe. And... I think but they got it, it was a slip. Before. I think it was just a one-off slip for them. You know, it's um, they're a very capable team, and I think Toto Wolff may have uh, you know catastrophized it a little bit too much, saying that this is the end of the W14, and I don't think necessarily it is. But if he's lost hope in that car, then is he really going to care that much about the last two races? I guess actually, I guess he has, he has to. to for he the, has to because you for know the championship battle. Yeah, though. He, that makes he, sense. That car needs well, Hamilton. I mean, he's Especially. been fighting for P two. I don't think he's going to get that P two in the championship, mm-hmm. but um, but I think they they have to at least fight for the final yeah. two races. They can't just give up, and I don't think um, Mercedes has the ability to do that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see this weekend. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so. The next category, wild card. So anything good or bad happening this weekend? Um, so this is a bit of a mixed bag. Haas will make a turnaround in their form. 
Okay. Uh, but I think one of them, either K-Mag or Hulk, probably more likely K-Mag, will bin it in the wall. They already struggled in the last few races. Like, the upgrades are doing something, but not really enough. And they're also having some, like, technical issues. So I imagine yeah. they're going to have one on track in the low temperatures. And they'll lose control and bin it. It could be Hulkenberg, to be fair. I don't think K-Mag is really that type of driver. I mean, he that... binned it at, uh, at Mexico, but that wasn't, it wasn't necessarily yeah, his fault, the, was it? the suspension just went out. Yeah. So it could be a similar sort of thing that's going to happen. But okay. I don't know. It's... It's a tricky one to call. I do think that you'll fi- we'll finally get to see something from Haas. Uh, but it so will you're just, saying it it's gonna it's gonna be good for one one driver, but not particularly. Nah, good for the nah. Other. It could be good for both. It could be good for neither. But regardless, at least one of them will have some kind of accident, or okay. uh, they'll have some kind of fault in the car where they have to retire or something like that, because right. they are struggling in the odd conditions or in. I don't know. I just I don't really see. It's sort of them and Alfa Romeo who haven't really done much yeah. this season. And yeah. It's sort of been a little bit... Nowhere teams. A little bit boring, I'm not going to lie. But yeah. Well, sorry, Gunter Steiner, but it's not looking good. At least I know that Williams are going to be ahead, you know. At least I know they're not going to be a threat. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, for, for you're, you're pretty much safe, to be honest. Yeah. But... Uh, with, uh, Alfa Tari that Alfa Tari, really keep an eye out on. Yeah. But, you know, I, I reckon it's going to be the same same order is that your wild card something to do with alpha tari or you got no, a different my direction? wild card is two red flags two. This two because it's going to be a very cold circuit the track temp is not going to be be high so the grip levels aren't going to be turn 14 you know you're coming off a really fast straight and you know the grip levels aren't going to be there or you might get crashes into other into other cars you never know i, I think there's going to be some really bad crashes potentially mm. but uh which could cause a red flag but um i'm not saying it's definitely yeah. going to happen i think it might happen but you know it's it's plausible and like you say with the low grip and with the lack of high speed corners to really get that tire temperature and yeah. to find that grip i mean this is the first time that anyone's actually you know mm. raced in this yeah it's going to be like ice and uh it'll be risky for them for sure mm. i mean you saw with um the first race at Saudi Arabia, their first race there, Mick Schumacher absolutely binned it in the wall. And it just shows that, you know, with these new tracks, you never know. I mean, with, with close walls, yeah, if you hit it hard, it's going to be, well, obviously game over. Yeah. And you get some really bad crashes. So, yeah. you know, with, with this new track, there's definitely the opportunity for some drivers, you know, absolutely bin it in the wall. Yeah definitely i hope you have all had a wonderful weekend we'll bring you another podcast next week full of action-packed formula one content reflecting on the results in las vegas while also looking forward in anticipation for the season finale in abu dhabi have a great week everyone and we will see you very soon thanks for listening love for campus radio 24 hours a day every day your soundtrack to love for Oh, Ooh, out the shirt. Oh, let's go. He, that's he, great. just uh, pulled out his McLaren shirt. And oh, uh, yeah, we, we've so just come from a, we, we've gone from a uh, chavy vibe in here to a quite a professional. Yeah. Yes. Racing vibe. Yeah. yeah I, thought no, it, I, I thought it would be, you know, necessary for this podcast. So, yes. 
yeah feeling very comfortable now mm. it's lovely 